We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live once again. It is the Sunday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. That other gentleman you see right there with me is the one and only Jeff Goodman. If you are listening to this in the podcast feeds, just give us one moment as we wait for the stream to populate with people watching. I just hit the retweet button. Jeffrey hit that retweet button. Let's get people in here. Let's get people listening. Let's get people talking. And I already hit the retweet button. Oh, I know. I just noticed. I got the. Uh, I just got the notification. Um. Yeah. All right. So. A lot of stuff happened yesterday. Yeah, including you being upset with the Liberty assistant coach. Oh, no, that happened this morning. I know. You're going off. Poor Brad Susie is feeling the wrath of Rob Doster this morning. Poor poor Brad. Well, I, listen, let's, I get let's, it. You know what? Let's 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 close that box. <laughs> let's throw that one out for uh, for a later feed. Um, all right, done, all right. Done. Cra- the cra- craziest thing that happened yesterday was it Shaka Smart and Texas going into to Fog Allen Fieldhouse and winning by twenty five? Was it West Virginia losing at home or losing to Oklahoma if they were down by eighteen? Was it Oklahoma State going into Texas Tech and beating the Red Raiders despite the fact that Kate Cunningham? fouled out in the second half was it the alabama crimson tide going into knoxville and knocking off well, my my yeah. tennessee volunteers yes, because you've already given tennessee the national title so oh that, man that, I, that, was, that was, was so brutal that one was From so your brutal. standpoint it has to be that one alabama going to tennessee and beating for for the rest of the college basketball world for us normal human beings um <laughs> it, it, it was texas going into kansas and beating the living crap out of Bill Self and, and the Jayhawks, who, again, I've said from day one, they're not exceptionally talented. And I think you agree with me about Kansas. Mm-hmm. Texas is the more talented team on the floor yesterday. However, still, when you go to Kansas and give Bill Self the worst home loss of his career, listen, I don't care who you got in the court there. Uh, I don't care how bad it is recruiting. And, and it has. It's gotten bad. Like, Kansas fans don't want to admit it, but the, the NCAA investigation has finally caught up to the Jayhawks. Like, they've got good players, but they don't have studs. Like, Christian Brown is a good player, but you don't want Christian Brown to be the guy that has to take, like, a final shot. or You know, and, and like, Jalen Wilson's a good player, but not a guy that you can just say, give the ball to, go make a play. They don't have one of those, I guess. How, how many times over the course of this season on this podcast – are we going to have to listen to you make the same point about Kansas? All right, all right, move you're, on. You're being, you're well, being Kansas loses by 100 at home. No, you're right, yes, but you're, you're right, you're right. 
you're right. You're right. Like, but I, I'm just like, it's, it's the right. same thing. Like we I know. know, I know, I know. And maybe it's just because you, you have to sit there and get berated by Kansas fans on I Twitter know. all day that you're just like, shut although yesterday they were kind of quiet, Rob, I, I gotta they say were. yesterday, I didn't hear a peep from any of them because I think they finally come to the realization that yes, this team is not as talented. I get that they got DeMonte Graham, you know, when he signed from App State. I, I get that they, they, they've they gotten mid-major guys and turned them into high. And that's the beauty of Bill Self and his staff. But I don't know if he can do it with this group. I'm not sure he can get him the Final Four. I'm not saying well, never. Listen, I'm not, I'm not discounting him. He's a hell of a coach. They have enough good players. But, again, it was just – it was alarming to watch Texas. And, and you called it. You, I'll give you credit. You did call it, and you said, listen, the matchup here, Texas got so many live bodies and athletic dudes and guys who could just make plays, and Kansas really doesn't have those. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. We saw a team that had actual first-round NBA talent on their roster, yeah. and we saw a team that had an actual real-life senior leader point guard on their roster in Texas. And it also helped that Texas shot the ball in the second half, the way that Kansas shot the ball against West Virginia. And like, and sometimes there's, there's just going to be games where one team hits their first six threes in the second half and the other team shoot, what, what were they, three for 20 from three? Something and when like Mitch that. Lightfoot is your rim protector, you're in fucking trouble. Well, I mean, that was the biggest problem is that David McCormick was utterly ineffective. Like yeah, he was completely I'll, ineffective. I'll, I'll let's, take- let's talk about – I do want to talk about Texas before we move on because – um, I, I wrote about this last night in, uh, in in my newsletter, The Rebound, and Shaka Smart, I think that you could probably make the argument pretty fairly that the only reason he is still right now the Texas coach is because he had such a big bio. And like, honestly, he didn't even have a bio. He just had a fully guaranteed contract. And right. Texas was not about to spend uh, as of last – if they were going to fire Shaka in March, it would have cost them $10.5 million. Yeah. And he basically had a, a deal that was – uh, it, when he signed it, correct me if I'm wrong, but when he signed it in 2016, it was three million, and every year it went up by by 0.1 million. So I think like if they were going to fire him after 2019, it would have been like 14 million or so. The year they before that, it would have been seven. Whatever it is, I was at the Big Twelve tournament two years ago, and I went up to Chris Delcani after the game, their AD, and and he was very non-committal at that point. It was that close to him mm-hmm. firing Shaka Smart two years ago. Okay, because but, but the they money. needed that money. They needed that money. I mean, we're in a pandemic, and they just spent twenty five million dollars getting rid well, of that. Was two years ago. That was staff. before. That was before the pandemic. This was two years ago that they were yep. thinking about firing him. Last year, they were fighting again. And you wrote this in your newsletter. They were fighting again in the incident of a tournament. They were playing Texas Tech in their first Big Twelve tournament game, and that was almost a knockout game. It potentially could have been a knockout game. And if Shaka doesn't win that game against Chris Beard. There's a chance, again, he's gone two years ago. There's a chance if it's not for the money last year. And now the dude is number four uh, in the country, according to my latest top 25. It's crazy. You don't see this. You just don't see a guy get off the hot seat like this. And And I do want to, I want to make a point too. And I know that when I say this, you're going to jump down my throat and you're going to say I'm comparing, I'm I'm saying that Shaka is going to be the best coach in college basketball. That's not what I'm saying. But Mike Krzyzewski, right? In his first 
five years. It took him four years to get Duke to the NCAA tournament. It took him five years to win an NCAA tournament game. And it wasn't until season six when he had Johnny Dawkins and Mark Allery and that guy, whatever, whatever that guy's name is on uh, on TV, Jay uh, Jay Bias, something like yeah. that. Uh, it took him until year six when he had those guys on the roster to get that thing rolling. Right, uh, John Calipari's first five years at Memphis. He went to two NCAA tournaments, went to three NITs, right? He was not very good. Um, Jay Wright, it took him four years to get to the NCAA tournament with Villanova, and it wasn't until year five that he really, like, broke through and got to an Elite Eight. For Cal and Kay, it was year six. And those are probably, like, the three most successful coaches in in college basketball over the last decade. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think you could make the argument those are the top three. Most success, successful guys in the 2010s. So I don't know if Shaka can end up getting there. I don't know if this thing that Texas is building is sustainable. You know, they're going to lose Greg Brown. They're going to lose Kai Jones. Matt Coleman's Matt gone. gone. Jericho Tennant's gone. gone. And there's not – well, he's he can get another year. And a lot of these guys can, like if, – if Matt Coleman wants another year, like he can come back. I got to figure Andrew Jones will, will leave. You know, a lot. Uh, listen, the team's going to be completely new. But can he can he take advantage of his success – Yes, and now, that's the thing. And now get dudes again because Texas is loaded with talent. Um, it, it'll be interesting. Or or does he get the hell out of there and say, you know what? Austin's not for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this. Think about this. He's gonna be hot as hell again after this year. If, if they if they do what we think they may do, what what if they go to a final four this year and and there's changes at some of these big time programs? Because of the you know the, the federal and NCAA investigations, do do things pop that he can take advantage and get a job that frankly fits him a little bit better? I, I don't know. Maybe. I, all all I wanted to point out is that sometimes it takes a while for these guys to get things going. Sometimes part of it is luck. Sometimes part of it is you know every time Shaka found some diamond in the rough, whether it was Jared Allen or Jackson Hayes, they would end up being too good too quickly. Sometimes it was a matter of uh, you know, 2017, his leading score transferred in the middle of the year. In 2018, his leading score ended up developing leukemia right. 10 games into the season. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Taylor left uh, when when he still had a year of eligibility left. Yeah. So um, my, my point is that weird things happen in college basketball, and sometimes it takes guys a while to get it going. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've i gotten to know Shaka well enough that I, I like him. So – I think I don't think that he is uh, necessarily like the the way that he portrays um, the relationship with his players. I think is actually real. I don't think that that's just some like media front. Yeah. So I'm happy to see him doing well, and yeah, I'm well, glad that he too. was able to stick around. Me too. I'm 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 very happy to see him doing well, and I I really like watching that team. Uh, I certainly like watching him. Yeah. yesterday. I, I love watching Kai Jones, baby. He is he's different. He is different. Yeah. All right. So the other game that we called on this stream yesterday was yeah. the. Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, they knocked off Mississippi State and Dante I Allen. I had a Don, way, didn't I? Don, Dante Allen. How about this? How about this? This is one of my favorite stats of college basketball this year. Dante Allen had 19 minutes played entering yesterday. 19 on the whole season. You know what he did yesterday? He 23. played 32 minutes. He scored 23 points. He hit seven threes, seven for 11 from deep. And um, I'll, I'll let you go, but I just want to—I want to set the framework for this for people that are listening. Dante Allen is a Kentucky kid. He went to Pendleton County High School. He's from Falmouth, Kentucky. He grew up a Kentucky fan. 
everybody that's watching this feed right now probably grew up a college basketball fan if you're if you're watching something like this on a Sunday morning, right? Which means that at some point when you were a kid, you had you had those dreams where you came in off the bench and you buried six or seven threes for your favorite college basketball program and led them to a win, ending a six game winning streak, something like that, right? That's exactly Dante Allen just lived out every college basketball fan's dream. Like every college, every kid's dream. And I just think it's so cool. I'm so happy for him. Based on the way that things have gone for him there, he wasn't able to get off the bench uh, when Cal was coaching, so he had to wait until Terrence Clark got injured and Coach Cal got run to be able to get in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to overstate it, but I do think that that making the biggest thing with this Kentucky team is they couldn't make shots. And since they couldn't make shots, there was no space for anybody in the post. There was no space for BJ Boston to be able to operate. Uh, I think that having space will make it easier for Devin Askew to, to acclimate to the college level. So the big question is Rob, the big question is, was this a one-off or is this going to be Dante Allen? Who is, you know, uh, I think it was cool. And I tweeted this ESPN didn't have him ranked. They've they've signed 11 players in the last two years. He's the only one that wasn't ranked on ESPN. I also said he wasn't ranked on 24-7. And Brian Snow jumped down my throat because if you look, they list the composite ranking. I I don't know why the hell they list the composite ranking anyway. If I'm 24-7, all I care about is my own own ranking. Um, Say hi, Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Hello. We have a guest today. Say hi, Jeff. Um, All right, yeah, keep going, keep going. So, I, I love yeah. how I love how Brian Snow was all was all offended all that you're like, look, we had him, we had him in the top 100. He was 99. That's 99. how good we, right. we had him 99. Exactly, dude. You you barely had him in. Okay. Anyway, um, the big question mark is twofold. Can really, it, it's a, it's an awesome story, and it, it's great for Don Allen. But now the big question is, what does this do for Kentucky? Right? Is this a one off? Is Dante Allen going to be a guy who's going to be able to make shots consistently? Uh, and what happens when Terrence Clark comes back? Like, that's the part that's going to be the most intriguing to all this because mm-hmm. Terrence Clark came in as a one and done. He, he's been pretty bad. Now, so has Brandon Boston. Both of those guys have not been good. Brandon Boston shooting, what, like 10% from three? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I, I, so, anyway, what do you do now when Clark comes back? How does this work? Because Terrence Clark – Firmly came here thinking he's a one and done. So did Brandon Boston. Um, I, I don't know. But the other part, they got Vandy at home. So they should be able to take advantage and, and win that one. Vandy stinks, as I've told you. Um, you know, I can find three other dudes to go with us and we can beat Vandy. Um, and then they go, then they got a tough stretch. But they can get some momentum. They can get some confidence here with Vandy. And, and like you said, if, if Dante Allen is a weapon now, Makes life so much easier for some of those other dudes. So I don't, I don't think that he, like, I, I don't think he's going to be averaging twenty three points no, a game and hitting no, seven no. threes on every given night. But I do think, and threes a game. Yeah, and and I think the biggest thing is again, it's the threat of him being able to make that shot that matters yeah. more than actually making the yeah. shots. Because yeah. if his threat is out there, that's when it creates the space because defenses have to pay attention to you. That's what opens up everything else for everybody else, and. I think that it just – I think it will make life easier for B.J. Boston. Like, look, I want to give him credit too because he got benched for like yeah. some dude that no one's – that that people yeah. outside of Kentucky have never heard of. Great team. And he was losing on the bench, going nuts, like cheering people on. So, like – Yeah. Give me I know credit. that we've had we, – we've, we've speculated on this pod about how well people in that Kentucky team get along. 
And you got to give all the credit in the world to BJ Boston. Like that alleviated a lot of concerns that I had about things like that for him, just seeing the way that he reacted on the bench to a teammate having a huge game. So shout out to Dante Allen, man. That was awesome. All right. Let's do a couple quick hitters and then um, then we then we'll get out of here. Uh, first and foremost, Tennessee losing to Alabama. Give me your 30 second takeaway. Listen, I think Alabama is a team that if they can become more consistent and get good point guard play and make shots and defend fairly well, they're dangerous. Now, the big question is, can they be consistent? Like at their peak, we just saw what they can do. They can beat just about any any team in the country. Uh, in, in their in their valley, they can lose to just about anybody. Like they've just got to be consistent. I like them. You know that. I've liked them from the get go from from before the season. I think they have. Listen, they have wings that can make shots. Um, they've got a veteran big, and I just think they need solid point guard play, stable, like not even great. Just make good decisions and then guard, 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 guard. If I'm Nate Oates. I'm spending like 90% of my time in practice on defense. Yes, I I agree with that. Um, For me, I think this was a great matchup for Alabama, and I think they just executed perfectly. The way that you beat Tennessee, you beat them down the floor so they can't get a set of defense. You got to make threes over the top of their defense because that's what they want you to do is shoot contested threes. Alabama was 10 for 20 from three after shooting 30% from three entering the season, and they played great defense. They they. Tennessee shot 31% from the floor and four for 21 from three. And I mean, when it comes down to it, that there, there were three things that Alabama had to do and execute well to win that game. And they did all three of them. You got to give them credit. Great win. Uh, and wow. shout out to uh shout out to that coaching staff. That was the first, <laughs> they, they, uh, they may or may not know um, how we've uh, talked about Tennessee and how we've talked no, no, about no, Alabama. Brian says he, he wanted to pass along a message to you. Hey. Oh, I got a, I got a, I got a FaceTime from yeah. the locker room after the upset yeah. win. So shout out to Brian Hodgson. Good Thank win. You. Uh, congrats, guys. Um, all right, Missouri went into Fayetteville and knocked off Arkansas. What is your your give me your uh, give me your give me your fifteen second takeaway? We got to go quicker on these. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good about Missouri. I think they're they're for real, and and they've shown that Arkansas is a good team. You anytime you get a road win like that, they've got some good wins now. I mean, look at Missouri's resume; it's really impressive. Oregon, I know Oregon wasn't whole at that point. Uh, Illinois, and, and now at Arkansas. Those three, you can match those three against anybody's three, and they're right there. Yep. Uh, Jeremiah Tillman beat the oh. hell out of Connor Vanover. Like, it was just they, – they. it looked like they should not be playing the same sport. It was sport, like so. me against Borzello in the post. <laughs> it really was. It was bad, man. All right, Iowa Rutgers, I'll give you my quick takeaway. Um, Jordan Bohannon, love, love, love seeing him come in and make big shots and make big plays. Yep. Uh, I think – he plays with a level of like FU swagger that I think college basketball needs. Um, he's an entertaining player. He raises Iowa's ceiling. And any time that you can have the national player of the year on a team that can win a national title, it's a good thing. So uh, Jordan Bohannon made three big shots down the stretch, finished with 13 or four right, yesterday. Um, so, so great win, uh, great performance by Jordan Bohannon. We are out of with Jeff Goodman is gone, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll work through a couple more things real quick. Another one, Kate Cunningham is already getting all star whistles. You saw the foul call that he got in the three. Uh, we had Christian Bishop landing a, uh, a buzzer beating poster dunk for the win at Providence. I don't know if you saw it, Jeff, but our uh, our welcome to the J podcast with Jahan's Manigat. Yeah, um, I was live with him getting ready to, to for the live stream. 
Really? Um, and I was able, I was about a minute ahead. So I watched it happen and I videoed his reaction on the, uh, cool. on the broadcast. It was yeah. pretty close. Like, oh, damn. Uh, uh, you can, you cannot go through yesterday's action without mentioning Colorado State's work. I was about to say, that's the last one I got right yeah. here is, uh, Colorado State came back from 33 to seven down in the first half. They were down 26 points in the first half uh, to a borderline top 25 team, and they came back and they won uh, 70 to 67. They got a three from a guy who I've never even heard of before. I don't even know. John Tanji, I guess his I name know. is. Yeah, hit I don't know. Either, but they were, they were down three yeah, with 12 seconds left, and he hit a three from the corner uh, and one four-point play for the win. The fighting Nico Medveds, baby. The it's fighting Nico Medveds. Big win. Big win. All right, All right, let's move on. Let's move on to today's action here. Uh, okay, so the two big games of the day are Ohio State yep. and um, Minnesota and then Northwestern against Michigan. Wisconsin-Penn State has been postponed. We will not have that game today. But, again, we got two two ranked showdowns in the Big Ten. I love the Big Ten this year. It's so good. Uh, let's, start with, let's start with Ohio State and Minnesota. What do you got there, Jeffrey? Uh, I like uh, Minnesota. I like Minnesota in this one. I think this is a, a toss-up game. Ohio State's favored by one. I think Minnesota, again, I'll, I'll say it over and over and over, Marcus Carr, best player in the court. And uh, I, I think you've got him. You've got Liam Robbins. Uh, you've got other guys uh, that I think are good pieces. And it's hard to win at the barn. It is. It's hard to win at the barn. I don't care if his fans there or not. That's they got that weird raised – it's like a weird raised court. Oh, shout out to the notifications. All right. Not, we got some, I forgot we got to some notice. Yeah. We got some notice today, guys. Um, no, I'm with you. Uh, Minnesota's two losses, they've gotten their ass kicked on the road. Yeah. Uh, they've had a couple of really nice wins at home. And um, I do think that, like, I, I just I just want to be on the side of Marcus Carr when he's getting points at home against a team that I don't know right. is actually they? better than them. Right, they're solid. Ohio State's a solid team. I think Minnesota is honestly as good, if not better, and they're getting points at home. What mm-hmm. I mean, it, it screams a little bit sucker line, other than the fact that you know Ohio State gets more credibility, and I think that's why the line is is the way it is. Minnesota won't get credibility. Yeah, and it's also if you look at some of the the power rankings, um, that, that's kind of in line with where the metrics have them. I, I do think that uh, that Minnesota, their rank, Minnesota's kind of like Missouri, and where their ranking has been a little bit inflated based off of some of the wins that they've had. Like Minnesota is 34th on Ken Palm right now. Missouri entered yesterday uh, outside the top 40 in Ken Palm. So um, it's just, as we've mentioned, uh, part of the way that these lines are released is is based off what the metrics uh, project. So if you can find places where teams are a little bit better than what their metrics are right now early in the season, then those are great great spots to kind of exploit, um, exploit value. So I, again, I think Minnesota is a little bit better than 34th in the country. I don't think that uh, Ohio State is 11th in the country, which is what Ken Palm has. So Minnesota getting points at home in the spot, I think, is great value. Uh, Northwestern is going into Michigan in the Battle of the Nerds in the Big Ten. Um, Michigan is favored by eight and a half. I believe that total is 145. Michigan is still undefeated. This is probably going to be the toughest opponent that they played this season. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, well, they haven't played anybody really, right? Who have they played? They they played uh, Maryland. Now Maryland, Maryland. Right. They won State. at Maryland. They won at Nebraska. They beat Penn State at home. Right. So it's either like Northwestern yeah. or UCF. Yeah, so. I mean UCF. Listen, they they have one good win. 
against Florida State, and they've come down to earth. So, yeah, my big play with Michigan is I, I just don't know how good – I think they're going to be good. They just haven't beaten anybody yet. So, like, all you Michigan fans complaining to me on Twitter, shut the hell up until you beat somebody of any any relevance. Like, you haven't hey. beaten anybody. Like, they want to be ranked, like, 10. It's like – just enough. So I, I need to I need to teach you how to use that mute button. The mute button is your best friend on Twitter because yeah, if you I, just hit that mute button and you'll never see any of these these people tweeting these at knuckleheads you. Knuckleheads again. I know. I know. I, one of the knuckleheads is probably one of my nephews who went to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. I so I'm the tough thing the about the, the, you're taking the points. The yeah, tough thing about this matchup to me is that. A lot of it relies on who wins the battle between, like at the five spot, where Michigan has like kind of like a true throwback low post big in in um, in Hunter Dickinson, and uh, we've talked about it before. But Northwestern wants to play that like five out style, and I think this is going to be a really good test to see for like for NBA value. As weird as it sounds, I think that playing against Northwestern is going to be a really good test for NBA evaluators that want to see what Hunter Dickinson can do against the spread offense. Like he's going to have to guard um, Pete Nance away from the basket when they're in their man. So uh, I I think it's going to be a good test. I think that he's going to be able to do it. Um, I tend to lean towards Michigan in this spot. I I just, I kind of feel like Northwestern is going to, you know, I was all in on them before. I told Deion Thomas, our, uh, our Illinois host that, that Northwestern was going to end up winning the big 10. Um, I think I might have gone a little bit overboard on that, yeah. but I, th- I think they come back to earth here. And I actually, I, like, I think that Michigan is legit. Like, I think that they are. I, as I, good do too. As I think they're the good. No record says. I'm, I'm with you. I just think let's not get carried away until you beat somebody. Then you can you can do this. You can pump out your chest, and once you beat a, a, an actual top twenty five team, like Maryland is probably not a tournament team. Can we agree on that? Probably not. If they keep winning at places yeah. like Wisconsin, they are. Right. But it's I know. Cool. I just, I, I feel like in the Big Ten, you're going to have a bunch of those type wins, right? Wins that you're like, whoa, they got that one, and then you're going to have a bunch of. The, the key is going to be staying away from those like four game losing streaks, and mm-hmm. and I think I think Maryland again. I, I I just don't see them as a top. Can they get in? Yeah, they get in. Like if they finish in the top ten in the Big Ten, they they probably get in the the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, but I'm taking the points with Northwestern. Um, what else we got? Houston SMU. Mm-hmm. Bounce back spot for Houston. What do you think? Well, listen, I- I'm worried that that Houston may not have a key player for this game. That that's that's the only thing I'll say. I can't say much more than that. Uh, but I don't think they're going to have a key player in this game. But that doesn't listen. It's only two and a half, and I don't think SMU's for real. So on one hand, they don't have that key player. On the other hand, I say to myself, like, man, I, whether or not he's going to play or not, I, I still like Houston only giving two and a half. I, I don't. I'm staying away from it. I'm staying away. Period. Yeah, and it's also they've been. Uh, I'm trying to think of how I can phrase this without making obvious who we're talking about. So I'll just yeah, I'll, let's just say I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about. That not that piece missing. I think I would tend to I, I tend to agree with your take. It's in that it's Houston here. Um, the one thing that I, yeah, the one thing I'm worried about though is like Kendrick Davis has been really really good, and SMU has a whole bunch of athletes, and they don't mind kind of playing that like the the, the style that can match with the four guards that that Houston wants to play. So I, I just think you got Kelvin, man. Like I just think Kelvin's such a good coach. I'm not I'm not taking like I'm not taking the points there. I'm just not like yeah, I'll, it's I'll not, say it's not enough. 
Uh, not, I got a few points. The, the okay. fourth best game. There's a good mid-major game. I hope you have it circled. What do you got? Well, Southern Illinois at Drake. Like Drake's <laughs> undefeated. No, it's a good game. Drake's undefeated. Darian DeVries has done a great job uh, building that thing back up. It's like the first time they've been relevant since what Keno Davis. Yeah. Right. I love how I love how you're like we have a really good mid-major game today, and you go and pick the one where the line is twelve points. It shouldn't be twelve. That's why I'm saying I'm taking the Salukis. I'm oh, taking Brian Mullins okay. and the Salukis to cover the twelve. Absolutely, I really like that. Actually, really like it. How about that? There you go. There's your mid-major game of the day from the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. You got anything else for me, Jeff? I do. I got two more for you. Two more. Okay. What do you hit me? Hit me. Hit me. Georgia what Tech given nine and a half against Wake. Wake's undermanned. They 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 haven't. You know, they have the shutdown. They haven't done anything in a while. Uh, I, I just – I think Georgia Tech here uh, could pound Wake. It could be an embarrassing uh, outcome. Uh, I, I really like that. Um, the other one that I had circled uh, is um, – do we know if uh, Ryan Daly is going to be back he's today? Not he's not going to play. And then I like Rhode Island minus, uh, minus 11 against St. Joe's at home. I like that, and I like Monmouth. Getting three against a Siena team that is the uh, second to last active Division One team to play a game. You know who the last one is now, Robert? Uh, Merrimack. They play Thursday against Sacred Heart. My big, my big dilemma: Do I go for the final? It's like twenty no. minutes down the road. I don't go. No, why, why would you? Why I would you go to a bat? Why would you go to a basketball game right now? Huge game. It's a last why, active Division why, team to play why a game. Would you go to a basketball game. That, I cannot imagine. Honestly. Like I know that this is going to be entirely hypocritical because we're sitting here and like we're trying to build a business off of watching these basketball games, but like, why would you want to be inside in in a contained space with that many people right now? Well, there won't I, be I, people. I mean, I nobody's going to be there. Like, just, it'll be me, Merrimack, yeah. and, and and Anthony Latina and Sacred Heart, and that'll be it. They, yeah, you know. Like Joe Gallo isn't going anywhere near me. Joe, hey, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near you either. And that was before the that was before the coronavirus came out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it. All right, so All right, I got what are, your, what are your what are your picks today, Jeff? What do you got? I got uh, Monmouth, Minnesota, Southern Illinois, Georgia Tech, Northwestern. Those are my five. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you on Monmouth. I'm gonna follow you follow you on Georgia Tech. Um, I have St. Joe's. Uh, I'm sorry. I have Rhode Island. Not saying so. Wow. I have Rhode Island. I have Minnesota, and I am uh, going to go with Houston. I'm going to. St- I'm not going to have any money. If I had to pick someone in that Michigan Northwestern game, it would be Michigan. But I'm not going to have anyone in that because I feel like it's too much. I don't. I, I just don't know enough. By the about- way, we can't end this without without reading Ben Hirsch's comments um, uh, on the on the uh, the chat. Go check him out. You'll laugh. It, it, ben says, Rob. Do you think you can do a better job of not making it so obvious that you steal most of your material from Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander? What? What did I steal? I don't know. Ben, what did he steal? I mean, nobody <laughs> steals anything from, from Parrish and what did, I, what, did I, what, did I, what did I steal from Norlander and Parrish today? I mean, the only thing you could steal from Parrish is, is stories and, and their, their personal stories. And, and Newslander, I mean, if you want to steal something, you could steal like a, a scheduling I don't know, tweed or something like that. Maybe that uh, the fighting. What fighting? What fighting, Ben? The fighting. Fighting. I don't know. I'm not sure what he means. Ben, quick. The fighting. What does what the do fighting you, mean? 
What are you, what the hell are you talking about? And we're curious. Because anything I can rip on on Rob for, if there is uh actual plagiarism here, uh it would be uh we, we, we could certainly pass it along to Parrish and Norlander. Uh, I think Ben hopefully is typing right now. You said shout out. I said, oh, shout out. I, I, so I can't say shout out? Oh, my God. So I can't right. say shout out and I can't say fighting because Norlander and Parrish have said it before. The fighting? What? I don't know what the fighting means. Saying the fight. I know. Insert coach. Fighting? I don't know what this means. No idea. Anyway, Ben, uh, you know, if, if you need to get a hold of Rob uh, to, to give the, the, the true info, it's rob.doster at gmail.com. Send it. Send oh, it. Oh, God. Coach's name. I still don't know what you're saying, Ben. We still have no idea. It, you know what it is? It's because it's because I said, who was – I don't even know who we were talking about. Did I say like the fighting – who was it? The fighting great guards or something? Who were we, oh, I don't remember who we were talking yeah, about. That, that's not exactly um, – uh, Yeah, because because Norlander or Paris are the first people to ever come up with saying the fighting great guards or the fighting whatevers. Come on, yeah. man. Ben, get the fuck out of my face. All right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.